I'm trying to elevate small talk to medium talk. Hi, I'm Alexander Chester. Yep, that's me. I am that stupid. And I'm Avsenetsky. And Alex, imagine your vagina is opening like a flower. Welcome back to Pretty Good Friends, a podcast about friends between pretty good friends. That would be me, Alexander Chester, and you, <laughs> Av Sadetsky. And this won't be at all confusing to do for what's probably going to be a long time, because this is two episodes, not one, right? Are we planning on keeping this up for, for the next hour and a half? I think we could probably uh, switch back at this point. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm just thinking here, and oh, sorry, I interrupted your intro. Or is it my intro now? Just continue. I didn't actually write that down. No. Uh, we are here today to discuss Season 1, Episode 16. The one with two parts, which originally aired in back-to-back parts on February 23rd, 1995. February, of course, traditionally, along with, I think, May, July, and November, is sweeps in the in the TV biz. And boy, was this ever. All the big guns come out of this mega crossover episode. You got Helen Hunt. You got George Clooney. You got Noah Wiley. You got Elliot Gould all over that shuffleboard court. And I'm just thinking this now, and it may have uh, made sense to, you know, even think if we were going to do it discuss it before right now but if we wanted to do like what they did we should have had like ali and akiva on we should have had rob on right <laughs> it we might be too, it might be too late yeah, to, it's a little uh, too late to, uh, <laughs> it might be <laughs> yeah of uh, how much was this episode you know marketed as the crossover episode as these stars coming on from the other that, uh, thursday night shows that is a good question that i would mm. know the answer to if i had researched that oh i did um, i did ask you that in whatsapp last week did i not Oh, did you? Yeah. Um, NBC. Rather than just promo, sort of it on you. ER, mad about you, friends, two parts. Let's see. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess and really quickly. what I'm asking is when Helen Hunt shows up in the scene, is that like a big surprise? Uh, I mean, the audience can applaud either way because Helen Hunt's a big star at the time. Or was it not a surprise because it had been on NBC promos all week? Right. It's a good question. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's see. NBC promo. We are mad about you. Two part um, episode. Because I. Yeah, I I'm not seeing anything right away. So, um, during the opening scene of, and obviously, if you were a 1995 NBC watcher, then you knew from the opening scene of this episode that Riffs is the restaurant and Mad About You, and so you knew that Ursula, right. like we were going to the Mad About You universe. I was actually a Mad About You watcher in syndication years ago. But in the in the opening scene of this episode, I have no recollection. I don't remember it's a crossover. I don't know Helen Hunt, and I think Leela Kenzel plays her sister. I believe is that right? I don't remember who she is. What is her name? Fran, I think. Yeah. Um. I um. I don't really remember that. I also I, watched um a, a decent amount of Mad About You, but don't really remember much. Um, I, I remember one joke. Uh, lady, can I interest you in a cock or two? <laughs> Which was that was a bird, um, in a New York accent. I. And I also did not remember that George Clooney and Noah Wiley are in until they come in later in the episode. Like I did not realize like this. Oh, they were really crossing over. All yeah. Although that, although that one's not a that one's not like a real crossover. It's kind of like a a, a wink crossover because they're not playing their ER characters. They're not. I don't think so. Are they? Like don't I've never ER seen wasn't ER. ER wasn't in New York. It wasn't. I don't think so. I think it was in Chicago. I didn't really watch ER either, so I could be oh. talking out of my ass. Yeah. Um, ER. It was George like the biggest show on TV at the time. Clooney. What was his name? It was an actor. 
Um, yeah, he was Dr. Ross, and here he has some other name. Exactly. Um, what was he called here? What do they call him? Um, oh, interesting. I didn't realize that at all. Which is interesting that he's Dr. Ross. Mm. Um, Maybe they think it's too confusing to have a Dr. Ross here. Yeah, he's Dr. Mitchell here. Mm, yeah. Dr. Mitchell and Dr. Rosen in ER, they're Dr. Ross and Dr. Carter. So yeah, oh. they're not. So they're not. Playing I thought Rosen ER was characters. quite a Jewish name for uh, for Wiley's character here. Doctor Rosen. Yeah, that's my former roommate. Oh, um, oh yeah, but um, yeah. So I, you know, I, I did not realize these things were happening until they happened, and it was very delightful. Yeah. Uh, even though you know, again, these shows bigger uh, for NBC watchers in 1995 than they are necessarily for me in 2023. But I mean, should we discuss uh, right up top here the Tom Selleck Club? Um, I guess we could get into now, um, rather than waiting. Who's he? He's somebody. What about me? You're nobody. Why him? Why not me? He's good. You're not. Where's Richard? Your boyfriend is so cool. Really? Yeah, he let us drive his Jaguar. Joey for twelve blocks. Me for fifteen. Wow. <laughs> he must like you the best. I mean, the big ones are the ER doctors, right? Um, and Helen Hunt's. Yeah, um, but but I don't think honestly. Clooney and Wiley and Hunt at this point right are all just TV stars and yes and, and Clooney an and Clooney only recently like ER has think is on for like one season at this point yeah and, and and like this was an era when like TV was like considered a tier below movies and Tom Selleck had been a TV star in the 80s and then went on to make you know these movies and Helen Hunt would make you know a very iconic movie um of course with Jack Nicholson and George mm-hmm. Clooney, of course, would become one of the biggest stars in the world. Noah Wiley, right. I guess, sort of uh, doesn't really do that much necessarily, does he? Am I missing something big in Noah Wiley? Nothing, nothing comes to mind, yeah. Yeah, but but yeah, but yeah, so Clooney is certainly bigger than Selleck, and, and Hunt may have been at some point later on. But in 95, I think that uh, none of these people are at the Tom Selleck point just yet. Yeah, I think you're right. It's like, yeah, obviously the names are very, very big names, but not at the right time, not at this time. And frankly, it would – I mean, I guess eventually Friends gets to the point where – they get these types of people anyway, but a friends where a show where friends was at this point wasn't getting famous George Clooney. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were uh, we were debating SNL characters from the eighties uh, last week. So exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. She. I mean, Helen Hunt' career does seem to have been more prolific prior to this than Clooney and Wiley, uh, but still not as famous as Tom Selleck for sure at this point. Yeah. Um, um, what year is as good as it gets? Um, I think ninety seven. Ninety seven. Yeah. So that's yeah. still after this. Yeah. 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 For sure. Um, yeah. No. She won. And she won. Um, she won the Oscar for that. And then she was also in Castaway. Like you know, she she went on to become a you know fairly yeah, cap, successful Castaway screen much, actor. Castaway is like two thousand or something like that. Two thousand one. Yeah. Yeah. No. I'm just saying. Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Paid forward. Like she was in some stuff going forward. But yeah, this was yeah. really. Like, I think Mad About You is presumably her breakout role. Like that's to what, what yeah. I think. Of okay. I'm on the Helen Hunt Wikipedia page now. Oh, I see. she was married to Hank Azaria, uh, another SNL guest star this season. Uh, excuse me, Friends guest star this season. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe they met on the on the set. Probably not, but maybe, but definitely not. Mm. Oh, it, she started dating him in 1994. The same oh, wow. year that they both filmed. Uh, so maybe they met on the of, set of Friends. I mean, there are different episodes. Uh, they no. get they got married five years later, in 99. Unfortunately, uh, they got divorced after just 17 months. So, mm. um, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Uh, should we jump into the episode? Yeah. Oh, I did have one thing I wanted to say first. Um, I was that I was thinking about this week. So, um, I've been watching the new season of The Morning Show, which mm-hmm. I don't really like, but my wife really likes it. And okay, <laughs> it's like tolerable enough, like as popcorn, even though it's like kind of a train wreck of a show. Okay. Um, at least last year. But so, what's interesting 
that I've noticed in watching it is that so for the first two seasons, the main characters on the show are Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon are like the two main news anchors on this, you know, fake morning show. And like the first two seasons, I just saw her as Jennifer Aniston. But now, like, I only see her as Rachel in season uh, three. Yeah. So well, it's Rachel like it's, went on to, to quite a career on network television, as I understand it. <laughs> yes. Not having seen the show. Um, but yeah, so it's just interesting how it's like totally reframed, like where like Jennifer Aniston became her own being for me, and now she's just completely yeah. <laughs> retreated to only being Rachel. Yeah. So it's interesting. So she's gone back to the nineties in your world. Exactly. Yeah. Um, although she looks a lot older. Yeah. In this current iteration. Yeah. Still very good though. Still very good. Yeah. yeah. Let's say very good. No, uh, no, 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 you don't need to downgrade it. (laughs) Let's see who wrote this episode. I think it was written by Kaufman and Crane, directed by Michael Lembeck. I think he's a new one. So welcome aboard, Michael. Yep. He directed 24 episodes starting with, oh, what? That's wrong. It says the one after the Super Bowl, part one is one, is this first one, but we obviously are seeing him on this page. So I don't know. Get your act together, fandom, but let's jump in. start out at this other coffee place riffs and Chandler and Joey are complaining it's taken too long and finally he spots the waitress and calls her over and what the hell it's Phoebe so or so they think and now, um, at like, what point in your like rewatch here in 2023 for our podcast did you remember what was happening oh I knew immediately no I mean I I mean no, I mean I, I knew that that was Ursula but did you know immediately oh that uh, Helen Hunt's coming and Clooney and and I knew yeah. that the one with two parts was that was like the big uh, like crossover. NBC crossover okay. one. Yeah, yeah, I, I like I knew that in my head. Oh, by the way, um, trivia. When when we we did discuss this earlier in the week or last week, whenever it was, because then we looked it up and we discovered that the only other crossover, the Friends characters did not go into the Mad About You world. The right. only other crossover is that Mad About You caused the blackout that then affected Friends. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I kind of wish Friends had done more crossovers. Like they're fun. Like who cares. They're like shameless. Actually, they're like shameless promotions from 2023 because it's like a yeah. moment in time. Yeah, right. It, it really tethers it in a in a yeah. more interesting way. Yeah, I wish there were I more of these. Yeah. Um, if they had done them with just like random <laughs> NBC shows that had just like crossed through at different times, that would be so funny to have yeah. those. Suddenly, Susan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, amazing stuff. Caroline it's in all, the city. It's all lost to history now. Yeah, um, but even like low, you know, lower end shows, shows that got, got canceled in their first year. If they did like Veronica's a Friends crossover, closet. yeah, no, Veronica's Closet was on for a few yeah, years. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm naming shows that I remember. Yeah, that's right. I have no memory of the ones. Yeah, that they're, got they're, they're all. It's all uh, suddenly Susan, Veronica's Closet, Caroline in the city. All names of the episodes are a woman's name and like an object, basically. Yep. Well, that's how you name the show. I guess so. Yeah. Friends. Hmm. Um, no woman's object. Yeah. So. They, um, you know, they're like kind of having this like weird back and forth where it's just like, uh, hello, Phoebe, like what's, you know, isn't this weird? Like, what are you doing here? You work here? And, and Ursula is just like completely nonplussed. Like, I guess she has people behave crazy to her all the time that are just like asking her or she knows that like they know Phoebe and they're confused. Oh, I thought, I thought it's more than just that Ursula is such a weirdo that she's not even aware of the weirdness. So I mean, if you don't, if you're not reminded in your head at the time, oh right, I have an identical twin sister, and they probably think that's her. Otherwise, like, yeah, there's just these weird guys talking weird to you. Like they don't call, they don't say Phoebe. I think right. They yeah. just kind of say like it's us. Like of course, because it's a sitcom. Yeah. Right. So I mean, I could see how it's possible that like she doesn't realize in that moment exactly what's happening. But given that it's Ursula, she probably knows exactly what's happening. She's probably like fuck Phoebe and her stupid friends. Like I'm just gonna gaslight them. Yeah. 
if they're friends with Phoebe, then they're probably no good. I guess so. Yeah. I mean, Phoebe seems to have a real issue with Ursula. Ursula just almost seems to not like she seems almost like a sociopath. Like she's not even aware of the feelings of others at all. Yeah. Or she just like couldn't be bothered to care. Like she knows like she knows that like Joey's going to be annoyed, but she's just like, whatever. I'm like, I'd rather him suffer more than me suffer for one second of telling him like having an uncomfortable conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, so um, basically she ends up walking away. She doesn't take their order and they're just left utterly confused. And we have an exciting set of new credits, I would say. Right. We got like a whole update of clips in there. Oh, I didn't even realize I may have skipped. That's <laughs> whoops. Yeah, that's all right. All right. I got to um, start watching them. Yeah. Well, I mean, we they were like static for like probably 10 episodes now. Yeah. And now they just, you know, they updated them to like incorporate the more recent episodes. So I think they just probably do that every, every now and then as the show goes. Um, okay, so now we go to the real coffee place, Central Perk, where Ross is going on and on about how he thinks that, um, Marcel is trying to sabotage him. Yeah. He's been deleting, he's been deleting his, uh, answering machine messages. He's been peeing all over the crossword. It's happened three days in a row now. And Rachel's like, um, as to the former, she's like, yeah, I've done that, but she hasn't done the, uh, the peeing on the crossword thing. Mm, Yeah. Um, so you think Rachel is saying that she has deleted people's machine messages or specifically Ross's? Oh, I, I thought just just in general. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so, yeah. So we have Joey and Chandler kind of like peering in through the window and they're just like, don't understand. And Joey's like, they must be identical twins. Um, you know, that's obviously the case. Uh, Phoebe's Phoebe, but Ursula, Ursula is hot. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Chandler's like, you know how we talked about talking about things? Let's not talk about things anymore. Yeah. So they head on in and Chandler is like, hey, guess who we just bumped into? Yeah. And by the way, do you notice as they walk in, they take their coats off and they hang them at a hook by the door? Okay. Uh, There's there's no coffee shop in Manhattan (laughs) where you would walk in, hang your coat by a hook, like at the front, right next to the door and then go sit like 20 feet away. Yeah, usually not. I mean, some places have like a... A coat. Like a check coat room, yeah, but not just yeah. like open like uh, hooks. Yeah. yeah, and if and if you need a coat, then there's no spots available on the hook. Like uh, for you yeah. to just like waltz in. And yeah. like... Well, of course, but the couch is always available. I mean, yeah, we've accepted that already. <laughs> Fine, fair. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they have it so they can show them coming in in coats. <laughs> then they don't have to wear coats for the rest of the season because yeah. they don't want them in coats all the time. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, so he's like hey guess who we just bumped into and phoebe makes a whole bunch of stupid wild impossible to be correct guesses and monica's like all right just tell them why don't you just tell them who you ran into since there's no way they're gonna guess it and we find out that it was um her twin sister ursula and she's like okay whatever totally like not interested um doesn't doesn't think this is notable at all um, and she goes on to tell them that, you know, they haven't spoken in years, um, but she is curious to know if Ursula has gotten fat. <laughs> and she tells them that, you know, they're estranged. It's because of dumb sibling rivalry stuff, you know, like she was prettier and she was the first one to walk and her parents made a big deal, even though she walked later the same day. Yeah. Um, but they had already moved on. Yeah. They said um, old. Yeah. Now, I have to say, like, this whole litany given by phoebe it just she sounds like 
just a very jealous person and also very unphoebe like frankly like this is not phoebe's personality the two things she mentions is that ursula is more attractive and that Ur- ursula was developed you know a few hours earlier than her like neither one of those things is like a real reason to hate somebody at all and if yeah. you do you're the bad guy yeah in general yes but i think what you could almost say is that like and we, and we obviously eventually see that like ursula is a sociopath as you oh, said yeah Ur- ursula's but, a very bad person but phoebe's but description he- is like very bad Right, but you could even then just say, you, you know, knowing what we know about Phoebe, you could have sussed out, like, if Phoebe feels this strongly about somebody, this is like throwing Phoebe off her game this much, like, there's probably something deeply evil with that person. Yeah, like, sure. it's, this is not yeah. a Phoebe problem. Well, I, I I agree that's what we're supposed to believe, and that's what we see in Ursula, but the, yeah. from what Phoebe says, it's, it doesn't sound like that, is all I'm saying. But yeah. Yeah, so Ross, uh, Ross heads over to, to the Lamaze class, um, and... This is where we get, uh, you know, you, my intro from earlier, your intro. I don't even remember at this point. Yeah. <laughs> um, where oh, I guess that's later, but you know, that's how we're, we're going to get into Lamas in general. But um, you know, it's, we're going around the room and everyone's introducing themselves and like this is you know so and so and so and so male and female couple and this one oh there are exciting things that they're having twins and then we turn to our friends and it's a guy and two girls some sort of throuple situation it appears. Um, although no one's quite sure at first and then Russ tries to explain it and like he's like so awkward about it that like he takes what's like a thing that's like unusual to say the least especially at that time and not you know not the standard um, even more so at that time and he like makes it sound like cuckoo bananas um, just because like he can't even like say the words yeah now Av, have you or not even just you anyone you know ever gone to a Lamaze class or is this just something that happens on TV shows? Um, I think this is something that happened a lot until like the mid to late 90s and then it got phased out as kind of pointless. Okay. That is my understanding. It's interesting because my thought would have been that prior to the 90s, the the traditional sort of father male role didn't give a shit. He wouldn't change diapers. He'd be in like the, the waiting room smoking cigars or whatever. Right. And it was like a more modern father thing to try and be uh, involved. But maybe yeah. that's mis- a misunderstanding. Of my yeah, head. I'm not sure. That is that is my recollection from like having it ask someone about this once. Um, because like you're right, it's on TV all the time. But like I don't remember it being on TV recently. So I I think it's like not as in vogue anymore. Because like I don't know anyone who did Lamaze classes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, like if it was a common thing, like you would have heard some people doing it. Um, and yes, it was like every person who was ever pregnant on a on a sitcom in the 80s and 90s went to Lamaze classes. Yes. So. We visit Chandler at work, and we are introduced to Chandler's new, let's say, subordinate employee. We don't really know what exactly, but I guess, you know, he seems like she's uh, she reports directly to him for the most part. Mm-hmm. And he's very upset because she's been post-dating her numbers, and it's been thrown off the weenus. <laughs> and, you know, he doesn't like when the weenus gets all out of sorts, and she, re- she reassures him with a very wry smile that she would never want to do anything to hurt his weenus. Yes. Um, ooh, I forgot this person's name, but they were. I noted them. Um, I think they were in Beverly Hills, maybe. The actress. Yeah. Oh. Um, Jennifer Grant. She plays Nina Bookbinder here. Mm-hmm. Which is a cool name. Yeah, I think she was. Yeah, she was Nina Bookbinder. Uh, what was the name of the Nina in Seinfeld? The the never have a bad conversation, never an awkward pause. Sorry. What? Oh, is that her? No, no, I'm saying what was her name? What was her last name? She's another Nina. Nina. Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't know. Nina is. 
Justine Kelly. Um, Jennifer Grant. What else was she on? Was she on Seinfeld? She does. She also looks like she was on Seinfeld to me. Hmm. Let's see. More research. No, probably should have looked <laughs> Um. Yeah, she was on eight episodes of Beverly Hills. So that, I, I guess that's where I'm recognizing her from. Um. Although I don't really remember her character that much. I think she. I think she. Um. Caused a lot of drama. That's my recollection. Um. Okay, so yeah, so you know, something is brewing there. She doesn't want, she wants to make sure everything's good with his weenus. So Chandler's telling all the friends about it over at Monica and Rachel's, and Ross is like, this is really not a good idea, which um, I would say these are words that Ross should uh, abide by later on in the series, and I think he will not. Um, probably even 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 a worse uh, situation, but um, anyway. Um, Are you he talking says, about dipping the pen in Company Inc.? Dipping the pen in Company what Inc. What do you mean yes. later in the series? Last episode, he dated Celia the Bug Lady. No, but that there, uh, there's no reason to not assume that they're peers. But it, it, uh, he doesn't seem to be talking about the seniority. He says you don't dip your pen in Company Inc. You don't date someone you you work with. Which, by the way, is I dumb. I met Jen at work. Um, I, yeah. I looked it up. Forty-three percent of people have married someone they met at work, which is by far the most common place to meet a spouse. So dip your pen in all the company ink you want. Terrible idea. Now, if there's a um, subordinate, you know, situation, right, then obviously then it's a little bit different and a little more complicated. But, yeah, um, yeah assuming that you're you're on the same level as, as Ross and the bug lady are, I guess here Chandler is her boss, or at least he has the ability to fire her. So, yeah, no, it's much worse. Yeah. Yeah. Um, from that standpoint, but yes, from a just like don't even date anyone at work at all. It's although this is this is definitely even messier potentially. Yeah. So it goes even more so. Well, because he is a direct supervisor. So yes. Yeah. No, it's hard. It's not. It's, uh, not smart. Not wise. Uh, not appropriate. So well, yeah, don't do the pen of the company ink, no matter how cute. And Monica like really wants uh, Ross to get a control of Marcel. He's been hogging the remote. And by the time he's finally to rest control the remote back from Marcel, Marcel has changed the language on the TV to Spanish. Much to everyone's chagrin, Marcel, you know we don't speak Spanish. So Rachel, though, is surprised slash relieved that Urkel in Spanish is Urkel, which I don't really know why that's surprising. Like names generally just to stay the same. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Urkel is Urkel. Well, it doesn't Rachel become Raquel? Um, Rachel does, yeah. Well, Paulo also call, always called her Raquel. Yeah. So um, Urkel should be uh, Urkel. I don't know. Urkel. No, Urkel. Know. Yeah. <laughs> Chandler asks why the Christmas lights are still up, which leads to a very increasingly aggressive, first passive aggressive, then aggressive aggressive um, interaction between Rachel and Monica, where, you know, Rachel um, is blamed by Monica, then she tries to turn it back at her because it was her responsibility to remind her, which, as it turns out, of course, she did. So Rachel, uh, Rachel definitely takes the L on that one, um, which is the least of what she'll be taking the L on on this uh, storyline. Yes. Um, so Joey comes in. He tells everyone that he went back to Riffs and he thinks Ursula might like him because like he ordered a coffee and she gave him like five plates of fries and like a, and a tuna melt. Yeah, which so, means he just doesn't know her very well yet. So she might be into him. And Chandler's like, okay, if you're going to like go out with her, you should probably... <laughs> so joey does go to ask oh, phoebe yeah. and she says yeah no it's fine um 
but you know everyone other than Joey. It's like obvious to them that like Phoebe's very uncomfortable with it. Um, so yeah, so we uh, Ross arrives at Lamaze class, and unfortunately, the most important person has not shown up. It's just going to be a Susan Ross date and Ross, sorry, a Susan Ross, a Susan and Ross date, and they you know they get into an argument about who should play the mom role, and you know they both have you know their 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 side of the story, um, and. They decide to flip on it, which at first Ross like just protests the whole thing. He thinks he should just get to play the sperm card, but he loses that battle. He succumbs to the flip, and of course, because it's a TV show, he automatically loses. And he is asked to assume the role and imagine his vagina opening like a flower. Yes, and he looks so miserable. Yeah, well, neither one of them. I mean, this is even a more extreme version than um, than Elaine and George without Jerry. Right, they they cannot be here without Carol. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Um, doesn't work. Um, so yeah, so back over at um, Chandler's office, he's he's playing with a wind up toy when his boss comes in and he lets him know that he doesn't like what he's seeing with the anus, the <laughs> annual net usage statistics <laughs> yes. that Elizabeth, Elizabeth warned us about yeah. last week. The yeah. anus is so yes. bad. <laughs> That yeah. we have no choice but to fire certain, you know, several employees in every department. We're making cuts across the board. Um, at first, Chandler's very nervous because he thinks maybe he's coming to tell him that he's one of the people being fired. And he's like, no, 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 don't worry. You're safe. But like, you know, you're going to have to do some firing. <laughs> how, how do you feel about that? Yeah. Um, and we cut immediately to Chandler trying to fire Nina. Like he's trying to muster the words, but can't. And when she places a hand on his thigh, he asks her out to dinner instead. Smooth move. Well played by Nina. I well, I have to say that her hand placement is quite inappropriate for work unless her goal, as you just implied, was to prevent your boss from firing you, in which case it worked very well, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So so yeah. you think that's why she did that? She, um, she saw the writing on the wall and she was trying to, uh, to prevent it. Because I, I, that's a surprising read to me. Yeah, um, I, I guess I would have to examine like all of her body language around the thigh touch. My read is she is doing an "Are you okay?" leg touch, not a um, "Coming on to you" leg touch. Oh no, for sure. I am manipulating you. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, yeah, I agree. Okay, so no, I thought you were saying that? the other way. Yeah. No, no, no. Well, I wasn't sure. Um, so that's why oh. I wanted to go back to the tape because I oh. didn't. I didn't have that in my head. But yeah, yeah, no, no. She, she, she's just doing an "Are you okay?" But it just—it's it, not very appropriate where she puts her right. hand. It's a little too close. No, uh, too no I agree. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's well depends what your what your intent is, what your goals. Maybe a very smart place to put your thought, your hands. Um. So yeah. So they're going out to dinner instead. Back over at Central Park, um, Rachel asks Phoebe what she wants for her birthday. And Phoebe wants to be reunited with her deceased mother, which seems unlikely to happen. And she's Rachel's like, all right, well, let's narrow it down to the items on sale at either Crabtree or Evelyn. Um, or they're the same store. I don't even know. Whatever. <laughs> um, and here's where we enter Jamie and Fran from Mad About You, Helen yeah. Hunt, and the other lady whose name I forget. And they're just like Kenzel. Yeah, they're like, this place is gross. Um, and they're about to leave and then they see Phoebe and they're mm-hmm. like, well, if that's not a sign from the universe that we should have just eaten at home, yeah. I don't know what it is. And they go over to her and they're now, like, they mad about you was Ursula evil or just like a complete space cadet? Um, I think just like rude and unhelpful and but was it? yeah. Okay. I don't know if she was evil per se, but yeah. like she was obnoxious to them and like would give them bad service. 
and just like didn't care. Um, so yeah, so it's, they're like they go over to her and they're like, oh, like you like you work here too, like um, like and they give her our order and she's like, okay, nice choices, <laughs> um, and they're like, oh, I guess the fact that like she's acting like crazy to us, uh, you know, that that's Ursula, it's definitely her. Um, so yeah, we're uh, we're definitely having a picture painted of Ursula by those who know her best. Yeah. Um, back up to Monica and Rachel's, where they're um, they're playing with yarn for some reason, right? They're uh, Monica's knitting, Chandler and Rachel are holding, and Rachel uh, and Monica are trying to convince Chandler that he's got to come clean with Nina. Like you're just gonna like dig yourself a deeper hole. And this is when Mr. Heckles comes in and he complains that they're making too much noise. He can hear it through the ceiling. And they're like, I don't know what to tell you. We're just like sitting here talking quietly. Yeah. Um, our, um, our friend, Amy, um, my, um, you, my co-host, he, my co-owner, he had a Mr. Heckles who would like almost every day come to him in an apartment that he lived in and complain that he was making too much noise, just like, and he lived alone. He was just like walking around the apartment and he would tell him that he was like stomping or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, he drove him crazy. So, um, did he have a cat or could he have had a cat at least? I don't know. You have to ask him. Um, so Phoebe thinks that the sweater is her birthday present that Joey has brought for her and is excited to try it on until Joey reveals that it's actually for Ursula and he's just using Phoebe as a, uh, as in a, like a doll, right? A mannequin, basically. Yeah, and, uh, and I have a real problem here because like Joey getting a cardigan for Ursula is a weird thing. Like, that's not a sexy gift for a date. That's something your aunt gives you. That's something Elaine gives uh, gets from George or, or maybe George gives to a cleaning lady he slept with. It yeah. would make much more sense for Joey to be giving this cardigan to Phoebe, his friend, than to Ursula, the girl he wants to sleep with. Yeah, fair. So um, very strange gift. Yeah. And just this is also, I think, really a dick move by Joey. Well, yeah, here. He's offensively clueless. about. Yeah. Her. Like, you don't have to like it's like one thing to like date her sister who like she clearly yeah, yeah. has like a thing for yeah. like you don't have no, to like rub, to rub it in it. her face. Yeah. 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 Um. By the way, Mon- uh, talking about uh, sweaters, Monica's a knitter now, apparently. Yes. Yes. Um. So Phoebe finally speaks up, and she says that you know I was I was okay with you dating her, but I've changed my mind. I'm no longer okay with it. And Joey's like, "Well, I'm not okay with you not being okay with it." But Chandler, Monica, and Rachel just get you know they really dig in on the knitting to avoid having to pick sides here. Yeah. Very smart by them. So, yeah, back at Chandler's office, and he's kind of, like, making out with Nina in his office when the boss is about to walk in. They're able to, you know, recover in time that they don't get caught. Mm, very but close the, call. But the boss is still, like, but, like, why is she even working here? Like, I'm not yeah. focused on the fact that, like, you were clearly just making out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, although he should probably have put two and two together very quickly based on, you know, yeah. he should have seen enough to, like, yeah, have exactly. me more suspicious. Yeah. Um, and by the and, way, I, I think I've mentioned this on a podcast before, but um, Dr. Jen and I, the summer we met when we were working in the same office together, um, I had an office. She shared a space with a bunch of other interns. So she would come into my office and close the door and get out of my desk. Uh, but nothing exciting was happening for me anyways. It was, she was just uh, she liked to take naps in the middle of the day. <laughs> she she would pull a George Costanza. Uh huh. OK. I, you know, uh, naps in the middle of the day, if you could pull them off, I think are excellent. Well, uh, I, I mean, t- to show the incredible skill and my wife is an incredibly skillful sleeper <laughs> before I got my own office. When she was sharing her office with six interns, she would bring a sleeping bag to work 
and in the middle of the day, she would lay it out in the middle of the room and take a nap with the lights on and everybody working all around her. Like her dedication <laughs> to the nap is is really awe inspiring. Yeah, that's um, great stuff. That's great stuff. I love yeah. the nap. Yeah, um, she could be a pitcher for the Blue Jays. Um, yeah, yeah, certainly. Um, okay, so did, did you get that reference or no? No, I was just moving on. Uh, <laughs> uh, Yusei Kikuchi, a Japanese pitcher on on the um, on the Blue Jays. Yeah, he sleeps thirteen to fourteen hours. Oh, really? Yeah. He was asked why he struggled in a game a few weeks ago, and he said he'd only slept 11 hours. <laughs> I didn't get enough sleep. I was exhausted. Yeah. yeah. Well, he only slept 11 hours, and so that's when it sort of went viral that he gets a, he, he gets a 14 – he sleeps from 11 p.m. to 1 p.m. On, uh, wow. Yeah. Wow. You know what? Good for him. Yeah. And then you got to go play professional baseball. Yeah. What a, what a life. It's great. Yeah. You yeah. sleep and play uh, – and then when now, I'm not now, sleeping – Just to clarify, I, I, I don't – he only sleeps 14 hours on the days he's pitching. The other days, I think he gets like a little less. Oh, okay. Yeah. He only sleeps 11 hours during yeah, the, yeah, the rest yeah. of the week. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but it, by the way, it's kind of incredible that you train your body every fifth day to sleep 14 hours instead of 11 hours. Like that's almost even harder, I think. Yeah. Your body think, knows it, like the pitcher's rotation for the Blue Jays. Is it definitely is it consecutive? Is it consecutive hours or does uh, he split it up? I think this is a beat rose. Uh, one can give us more information as a Blue Jays fan. Oh, and a baseball I don't know that we're team. allowed to communicate with beat rose. Yeah. <laughs> oh, cuts deep. Can we talk about that for a second? I mean, this is not an appropriate place, but who cares? Whatever. Sure. No, that was uh, amazing. That was very entertaining. Yeah. I could see from a certain perspective. <laughs> All right, so uh, can we give a little context here for like, I'm sure there's some people who are listening to what the hell we're talking about. Sure. You could queue it up. All right, so we have a fantasy football league based on the television show Survivor, uh, whereby there are votes each. We, uh, you have two tribes. The tribe that loses the challenge based on their team's fantasy scoring goes to tribal council where they have to vote someone off. And um, your tribe was a tribal council today, and you all voted for uh, – a well, I, I should tell the order correctly. Uh, we have we have a shot in the dark, which for Survivor watchers they know is basically you can like have a one in six chance of giving up your vote, but a one in six chance of – of being safe that week, which you only do if you think that you're on the outs. And yeah, thanks for incorporating that rule in this uh, version. Yeah. <laughs> of the game, by the way, appreciate it. And our friend MJC apparently figured out that the votes were coming on him, and so he threw the shot of the dark. He hit that one in six chance successfully, and lo and behold, we yeah, you know, we there were there were eight votes put on one person. Um, or we we know, I guess uh, some people probably assumed that uh, there would be more than eight votes on that person. Oh, those are yeah. So the person who had an extra vote didn't realize they had an extra vote, even though the other people in the tribe knew he had. An I extra did, vote. honestly, I didn't know about this extra vote thing either. Uh, um, yeah. But anyone I was, who scores 140 points in a week and yet still goes to tribal council has an extra vote. Yeah, um, I'm not and necessarily he, sure it would have mattered. He scored here. 152 points. It wouldn't have mattered at all because either he voted for the the eight turns into nine and is wasted, or he votes for the one who. Right. Either way, his one vote unless was he, unless he was going to vote on if he knew he would have split it on someone else. I have no idea. I, I don't know if yeah. he knows it. So obviously I, I wasn't involved in any discussions yeah. around oh, okay. using the extra vote that I didn't know existed. And the yeah. person who oh. had didn't mm. seem to not know existed. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, uh, listen, I uh, I was one of the people who raised my hands when when it was asked, are you confident where the votes are going tonight? That uh, I was. But that doesn't mean that, you know, how it's all going to turn out because uh, somebody hit a shot in the dark. Another person played an idol. Then there was a random extra vote, and um, Beat Rose is no longer with us. So oh, you know, some shocking development. Yeah. About that, and other people are probably not happy about that. And mm -hmm. uh, I will uh, let sleeping dogs lie how I feel about that. I suspect you feel oh. good about it. 
I uh, mean, nothing, from nothing a personal perspective, to, it's great. Yeah. Well, nothing personal to be Rose, but I'm sure you were happy to see a team uh, filled with, with good players and lots of fab. So oh, yeah. So the, the other funny tribe. thing is, yes, a bunch of you, he had like 350 fab because half of your tribe had traded your fab to him. And he also had Patrick Mahomes. So, yes, we cannot, we have Travis Kelsey on our side of the ledger. So we can now root for Kelsey, um, much like Taylor Swift. We're rooting, we're rooting for Kelsey only on that team. For now. Yeah. For now. Yeah. Things change uh, very quickly in this game. <laughs> And uh, as someone pointed out, it'd be even better if we didn't know when like travel changes and stuff were coming, which uh, maybe it happens next year. I don't know. Wait, wait, when, what? Oh, so you can't plan around them? Like if if, if there's uh, someone producing the show who and making the rules completely independent of the people in the league, like we don't even know about the rules, basically. Right. Yeah. Were the um, I assume the tiebreakers were made in advance, right? Which tiebreakers? Like the weekly tiebreaker? Yeah, yeah, we yeah we uh, we announce that we uh, do a randomizer every week of a random okay. category. Oh, oh, you're saying in this hypothetical next year. Yeah, so I would think you should have made the tiebreakers just like set like in advance, you know, for every week what they are. You mean it'd be the same every week? No, just but just have have it on a schedule that everyone is aware of. Oh, as opposed to just randomizing it every week? Yeah. Oh, well, it doesn't really matter either way. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. It, it, it's um, done before it's done before you set your lineups. So Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I agree. Um so yeah, so no, it was it was a highly entertaining tribal for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure the people that were that are for some reason watching this Michigas, uh, although it it is this is like this might be your guys' masterpiece. I will I will say this has been phenomenal so far. Yeah, no, it, it's not at all what I expected, but it's still great. Yeah. Um, well, you you expected to be more fantasy football. I did not I did not expect like tribes to be sort of like yeah. Well, uh, when you make tribes, well, that's well, yeah. People work together. I did not expect I'm, such working together. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so you thought it was just going to be like much more based on like your roster. Yeah, I mean that's the thing that's stupid about it in some ways. Like the roster that you picked has basically been rendered irrelevant at this point. Yeah, because yes, within tribes, people are tra- and then cross tribe net people are never trading except for one person in your t- in your tribe who changed his name on the league website to match <laughs> someone in our tribe and then sent a bunch of trade offers and then in some weird kind of like cat um and in some kind of um not catfishing what's the term I'm looking for um it's a term I always forget um when you try to make things somebody go crazy by like just pathologically lying. Uh, gaslighting. Yes, thank you. And I don't know if he was gaslighting or what, but he claimed in the tribal council today that our tribe had done what he had actually done. And so it was a very weird reversal. But uh, yeah, he's uh, he's keeping everyone on his toes, that gentleman. <laughs> he's certainly keeping everyone on his toes. Yeah, he, uh, he he's here. He's here for mateship. He said, which uh, I didn't I, in his delightful accent. I didn't know what mateship was until he said it several times. Yeah, yeah. No, he's uh, he's probably just the early star of. Uh, oh, he's definitely season one. Star, yeah, he, he's yeah. like Rupert, I guess. Yeah, he's yeah, yeah, he's doing great. Yeah, um, very happy to have him on our side of things. Um, so, are we are we going back to friends or do we go yeah. over to, do we have enough of, this, of the league? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um. So yeah, so they're watching a birthing video at the Lamaze class, and um, Ross, you know, tries to make a football joke, but it doesn't go over well. Carol and Susan, and it's like really starting to to hit Carol that like this is really happening, mm-hmm. um, and she doesn't like what she just saw in that birthing video. Yeah, and when Ross tries to reassure her, she like kind of takes it out of him, like, "Well, do you want a pot roast to come out of your nostril? How does that sound to you?" Yeah, um, probably not as bad as childbirth. And by the I mean, time I don't know. your your nostril would uh, yeah, I, I guess it doesn't I, expand I, in the does, same does, way. Does it, yeah, it's not as elastic, and uh, I'm sure it rips. And then do you have a hole from your nostril straight to your mouth, or how does that work? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, all right. Yeah. I guess the other one's been more tested. Yeah. 
Um, so by the time Carol calms down, um, you know, Susan is like has given her this whole speech about like the eternal commitment of parenthood that has the desired effect on Carol, but the side effect of completely freaking out Ross. Because mm-hmm. this is now finally setting him for him that this is real. Mm-hmm. And he's like very anxiously wondering aloud if he really has what it takes to be a parent. Like he could barely even handle a monkey. Mm-hmm. Um, so very it's similar to the, to the like the Rav Schachter joke, or not even joke, the, but the ruling he gave about whether or not a woman could read a ketubah. Yes. No one? Yes, said, yes, of course, yes, a monkey monkeys, could read a Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so it's like the opposite. I can't yeah. even, how, how can I take care of a child? I can't even take a monkey. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, so Rachel and Chandler are trying to reassure him, you know, You've done, you know, even though you've done a terrible job with Marcel, you'll be a fa- you know, you'll be a terrible, you'll be a, uh, sorry, you'll be an excellent uh, father to a human child. Mm-hmm. And Joey is heading out for his date with Ursula, and Phoebe's just like, all right, I just want to know, you guys haven't yet, right? And Joey first says that he's not, it's none of her business, but then relents and reveals that they haven't, and walks away, but not before then turning back and confirming that she does mean sex, right? Yes. <laughs> I feel like it's like this is like the second time where Joey has confirmed that something means sex. Like he like thinks he gets the joke and then he's like, we're talking about sex, right? Yes. 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 Um, so, yeah. So back in Chandler's office, um, I think we had glossed over the fact that um, Chandler tries to cover for it, it. It's so unnecessarily <laughs> dumb. Like all he has to say is I feel uncomfortable firing her. I've never fired anyone before. I'm uncomfortable. And then he and then his boss would say, well, that's well, part of the job. But but like the point no, is, but then she will get fired. So even even if Chandler refuses now, but, the, but, but she the... has been fired. Like, I don't understand what <laughs> what is happening here. Like, is Chandler the only one who's supposed to know like her key card still works? She's still getting a paycheck. Like, was Chandler responsible for executing the entire termination procedure? Was that part of his job? He has uh, to like go through all the administrative procedures of separating a person. No, he just tells her she's fired, and then she goes and talks to payroll and HR and this department and that department. But like apparently, none of that has happened. It's very right. Someone in HR should be reaching out to her. She's not reaching out to them. Yeah, apparently Chandler has to initiate the whole process. The only the only people in the company who know that she's getting fired are Chandler and Chandler's boss. So well, if maybe Chandler kills his boss, maybe uh, she can certainly she can. Continue. Well, maybe everyone is just so preoccupied with the horrible anus, the anus. Yes, that everyone is just kind of like you know letting her slip through the cracks. Listen, when there's a stench of a bad anus around, it's hard to think of anything else. Yeah, I guess it's also it's not crazy that like in a big enough place that like if you if you when you get fired, don't go to HR, <laughs> like they don't come find you. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, if, if it's part yeah. of like some mass layoff, it could probably she could probably sneak through for at least, a, you know, a week or two. Before well, you her. could you could get come back into the office in, in a pre 9-11, like less security, like yeah, maybe they didn't have key cards to get in the building. Like, you know, Kramer comes back or George comes back. even But like. You could come back into the office, but you're not getting paid. They take away your your desk, right? Like all that, you know. Fine, you find right. some random place to sit, but like again, you're not getting a paycheck. And, and if, if that's a situation where you know that you're fired, he or she doesn't even know she's fired. You know, yeah. it's almost like um 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 what's his name in the office? The guy with the stapler who gets put down to the uh, boiler room in office space. Excuse me, office, not space. The office. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. remember his name, but Hilton, you know, with the big glasses. Yeah, Hilton, yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, I, it could be, it, but it could only be like two days. Yeah. So like no one just like it's like they didn't get to her yet because yeah. like they're firing 150 people maybe and mm-hmm. and also maybe they told them like you're I oh know I guess if 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 they're allowed to stick around then he wouldn't be questioning why she's even here yeah um yeah fair whatever um 
So, you know, so yeah, so he he apparently told everyone told him that uh, not apparently he tells him that, uh, you know, she's crazy and that the doctor, the psychiatrist called him, which also would never happen to say like she's unstable. And if you fire her, she's going to like hurt herself or something. Of course. Yes. He'll, um, he'll call her. Yes. So, yeah. So like we got to just like, you know, let it be. And so now the result of that is Nina feels like super paranoid that like everybody is like staring at her and like talking about her, which of course they are. And Chandler, you know, is like, oh, you know, they're just jealous that we have a relationship, which like is a terrible thing to say. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. oh no, it's because I've created a hostile work environment yeah. by dating one of these. Now guys. he is gaslighting her, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and she's like, yeah, but like, why do they keep taking away my scissors? Yeah. <laughs> and Chandler's like, that's because you're getting a big raise. Um, also very similar to uh, George and uh, and Ada, the secretary. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm giving you a raise. Um, and when Chandler asks the assistant to put through the paperwork on her raise, and in response, she asks, should I still be sending her psychological profile over to personnel? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, of course, the rule uh, is if you ever play an answering machine or a phone out loud on speaker, yes, it, will, it will be uh, heard. You on a TV yes, show, yes. Of course. Um, so, yeah. So, <laughs> Chandler accuses Helen of being an alcoholic and asks Nina to marry him. And that uh, goes over about as well as you would think. We uh, find out that <laughs> she tried to staple his hand to the desk. But other than that, he got off pretty much unscathed. Yeah. And I think he deserved the staple, if not more. I mean, he was he's a pretty bad guy here. Yeah. Yeah. So um, Monica is trying to figure out from the manual how to change the program back to English. Yeah. By the way, Ross is drinking a Snapple here. Was it just me or was Snapple in New York City in the 90s and early aughts just like so huge? Yeah, I feel like that, that was, was the peak, that, that was the golden age for Snapple. Yeah, I mean, when we went to like when I was like in junior high and high school, everyone was drinking Snapple. I was yeah. never a, a Snapple person, but it was. But, but I think it was it a really was a New York thing because I had never seen it before I came to. Yeah, New York. that could be. Yeah, I mean, not yeah. not exclusively New York, obviously, but 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 more uh, centered around. Uh, yeah, well, I was always surprised to learn that a lot of the the brands are regional, more more than I thought growing up. Yeah, like like I never knew that like supermarkets were different in different yeah. places and yeah. like even well, stuff like does. yeah i grew up thinking ever you know there were targets well now there are targets everywhere but you right know, the, yeah but um, yeah but yeah. like you kind of assume there that everything is that's a chain yeah. Yeah, is exactly. like a national chain yeah like, so Cub just, foods i think in minneapolis uh super america was the gas stations yeah it's yeah. like the first time like i went to florida and they're like oh you just go to Publix." And i'm like what the yeah. fuck is Publix? like yeah. you mean shop right like i've always i've always been weirded out by win dixie the name win dixie <laughs> right yeah my, my kids uh, asked me how many shop rights there are in the world uh because there's so many and so i looked it up for them and the answer is like 1300 but 300 of them are in new jersey so <laughs> that's why they think the, that they're all over because uh we we live in the uh the shop right capital of the world yeah all right so Phoebe's had enough of the Spanish and yeah. she's just like, turn off the TV. And Monica wants to know why Phoebe's so on edge. And she's just like, this whole Joey and Ursula thing is so terrible. Um, Ursula has always just like loved like breaking my stuff. Like when I had a doll. Yeah. Now these are more valid reasons that she gave earlier. Yeah. She's just like always like does things just to like hurt me. Like she broke my toys. Like she sabotaged my relationships. And I think now she's trying to do it to Joey and she wants to ruin our friendship. And like, I don't, I think I'm going to lose him because like, it really, it looks like he's already falling in love with her. And Rachel's like, listen, Phoebe, they've been going out for a week and they haven't even had sex yet. Like how serious could it be? Yeah. Especially Joey. 
Yeah, especially. And um, Phoebe's like, okay, you're right. I should just go talk to him. And she heads across the hall to have a heart-to-heart with with Joey, only to have the door answered by her sister Ursula wearing nothing but Joey's shirt. Not what she expected. Yes, probably uh, a few minutes too late for uh, the warning that she was just given. Yeah. So yeah, in our post credit scene, we have. Um, this, I think this is the dumbest scene we've seen in the show so far. <laughs> yes, but it's what's crazy is that it's not just like a throwaway thing. It creates the entire plot of the next yes, episode. It's it's so like I mean I I appreciate that there's payoff to how flippant they've been about using that balcony ledge because <laughs> like we've complained about that, but there is no payoff because instead of plummeting to her death, right, which, which is, is certainly what should, what happen, should happen, she's saved by some some crappy electrical cords, and like this would be like the defining experience of one's life if this happened. And yet it's so minor in Friends that, yes, it does drive the net, this, you know, part two of this episode, but it's not like an iconic thing in the, sh- in the show or the series, right? It's not like, I didn't even remember it happening until I, until this scene. Yeah, it's no, it's, it's great. I, I completely forgot about this. I knew that, I knew like they're in the hospital, but I didn't yeah. remember the reason. Um, but like, as yeah. soon as she gets up on that ledge, I'm just like, what are you doing? Like, that's insane behavior to stand on that ledge. If in fact, falling off that ledge results in your death. Yes. Like you never go up on a thing like that. Well, how how did they get the lights up there? What are they doing? Like, uh, I feel like there there maybe has to be some sort of like you're not falling all the way to the street here. I don't know. Like maybe there's like the porches are situated in such a way that like he's falling into the porch one below, in, in or something some, like that. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, we just, see her hanging. But we see her upside down hanging with her. Right. But it just it doesn't make sense that she would even get up on that ledge. That previously someone yeah. got on that ledge to hang the lights like. And well, none of this makes like sense. Av, you've you been slip, in many die. apartments in Manhattan. Have you ever been in an apartment that had a balcony that huge off of it? No, but even if, if people yeah. did, they wouldn't yeah. step onto the thing. To land, of course not. And by life. the way, um, have you ever been to a porch that big with no door access to it? You have to climb out a window. Like, none of this makes any sense. Yeah. And and how would she have been rescued? Presumably, like, she'd have to call the firemen who were cuckolding her uh, the week before. Right? I mean, I guess... Uh, the fact that Monica and her limp in together at the top of part two, I guess we're led to believe that Monica pulled her up by the cords. Or some, yeah, somehow Monica retrieved her. Um, yeah. We, or yeah. she runs down and bangs on Heckle's door until he opens it. It helps. I guess so. Um, but I don't even know how he would help, though, right? Um, I was just saying how unrealistic this is that her her weight would be held by that. We had in my house, Grandpa, in Minnesota, we had like this very, very large chandelier. It was. Um, uh, it was 300 pounds is what my parents said it was uh, it was like a, the room was like a two-story room it was like a very tall room so it was this very big uh-huh. chandelier and um my mother because she's an insane person decided before password when one cleans that that perhaps it is possible that that a mouse or a fly might have taken a crumb of bread and flown up into the chandelier and so my mother was like leaning over like the banister from like you know the the, t- the upper floor part to reach it with like a broom to try and uh, sweep the uh like the 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 alleged possible crumbs out of it or whatever the heck she was doing and my brother at the time was three years old was like l- sitting on the floor like directly below this giant chandelier playing and then the chandelier like started to fall okay. um with her with my with my with my little brother i wasn't here i mean i heard the story later with my little brother right underneath it um and my mother freaked out obviously but but the uh the thin watt like the 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 wires that were connecting it to uh, the the electrical wiring were somehow miraculously enough enough strength to hold it up long enough um, for my uh, brother to uh, escape unharmed. So wow. I guess that 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 was a little uh, not as absurd as Rachel, but a little absurd. Yeah. Um, but the yeah. Rachel situation. I mean, the image we see of her banging upside down at Mister Heckle's window is just again. If this happens, <laughs> to you, it defines your life. Yeah. Yeah. It's a. Uh... 
crazy, crazy ending. Um, okay, should we jump into part two? Yep. Let's jump. All right. All right. Okay. Part two, the one with two parts. This is the second part. <laughs> and Rachel and Monica limp into, limp into the hospital together, um, or really more Rachel limping while Monica holds her. And Monica explains that Rachel fell while taking down Christmas lights. And the woman at the front desk is like, why were your Christmas lights still up? And they are um, filling out the intake forms. And Monica is very touched when Rachel names her as her emergency contact. Mm-hmm. But she is shocked to then learn that Rachel doesn't have health insurance. And Rachel doesn't see what the big deal is. Like, how much could this cost? Turns out nobody knew healthcare could be so expensive. Um, it'll be at least hundreds of dollars just to get x-rays. And Rachel has a great idea. She says, well, how about I just use your insurance? Like, we'll just say I'm Monica Geller and you have an insurance card and no problem. Um, I guess this would probably work. In you know, in in twenty 2020, twenty in nineteen ninety four, and also when neither one of them has any kind of medical history, I suppose because they're young and healthy, I guess it's possible. I mean, yeah. aren't they asked for photo ID? Or I guess not. I don't know if they would. Maybe yeah. I mean, I don't yeah, I mean, what they well, ask for photo. I don't ID think they ask for ID because they don't. Well, they don't assume that you're you're impersonating another person when you go to the doctor. So, well, they don't assume that you're impersonating another person when you go anywhere, but they still ask for photo ID sometimes. Well, only when. Only when they need to verify who you are, like going on an airplane or, or well, you would think that, you would think this would be. You would think they would want to, for specifically for insurance fraud. You would want to confirm that the person. Why? Well, maybe of they you do is, now. I don't know. Yeah, because of this episode. I've um, no, but I don't think they do. I don't think they yeah. ask me for ID when I go to the doctor. So start. You can start using my name. You're saying. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> just like you do everyone cancel your insurance. We'll all use testers. <laughs> Boy, this guy's getting injured all over the country. <laughs> Nobody will be any the wiser. Yeah, I do love, by the way, uh, how dated it is. Monica says x-rays alone could be a couple hundred dollars. Like yeah. I, I laughed heartily at that one. Yeah. yeah. A couple hundred so, dollars for x-rays. <laughs> my yeah. son just broke his arm and we just got ah, a bill. Mine too. Laugh- that well, was laughably my, my daughter. Oh, sorry to hear that. Um, on uh, Friday. Yeah, we just went to get the cast today. Mm, we're getting our cast off this Friday. In fact, I warned my tribe that I might be late to tribal council because I have to go get my daughter and get a cast. No, that's something very bad. Uh, but uh, Meta- Medivac, you are. She yeah, well, it ended. Yeah. Well, good, good thing I have a partner. But uh, it ended up being yeah. uh, fine. Mm, yes. Got home with plenty of time to spare. Yeah, thank the Lord. But you know how these uh, delicate genius doctors are. Yeah, you exactly. wait and you wait and you wait. Yeah. Fortunately, um, when you're married to one of the delicate geniuses, the other delicate geniuses uh, usually sort of help you. Yeah, us right. As you get much that, as possible. Uh, that doctor's, um, you know. You know, I used to think that professional courtesy meant like you didn't pay. Courtesy, yeah. Oh no, you still pay for everything. But um, yeah, they're just a little nicer to you sometimes. Um, I think the pro- I think that used to be a thing that you didn't have to pay, That's but I think it's not a thing anymore. But I think that was also before insurance was just like so prolific that Uh-oh. like there's no like no one doesn't charge anyone. They just like they maybe won't charge you out of pocket, but they'll still bill your insurance because why not? I will say when 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 Jen was in medical school, doctors would routinely like for our kids who had many injuries. <laughs> Doctors would routinely, um, I mean, no, they would, it would go through insurance, but they wouldn't charge right. us the copay. Right. But I think but that's, that's about, right. Yeah. But that's like the professional courtesy is like you're waving like five. Yeah, but, of yeah, but, I'm saying, but, but now that doesn't happen. Like since, um, since Jen got out of medical school, I don't think we've ever not paid. Yeah. I mean, I've gotten that from like friends and stuff who they've not charged me the copay. Yeah. But that's not a professional courtesy. That's a, a your friend. Right. Yeah. It's a personal that's courtesy. A, yeah. Personal courtesy. Yeah. Um, although they're the ones doing the courtesy. Yeah. I will gladly pay copays to anyone. Yes. <laughs> um, when you're using my insurance. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
Yeah, yes. you pay the premiums, I'll pay the yes. copays. Fine. I have a one billion dollar deductible, um, and my copays are yes. You have to hit the deductible first. All right, get well, any reimbursements. I guess I'd like to see this insurance contract before I agree. <laughs> before you can be proud with it. <laughs> yeah. Yes. What is that? Okay. <laughs> um, okay. So we, um, so you know, she finally guilts her in. She uses the, um, the you know, the fact that she put her as an emergency contact as like you know a sweetener. And she's like, you know, and if you don't, like, if we don't do this, like, I'm just going to go home with a broken ankle. Like, I'm not, like, I don't have money to pay for this. So Monica goes up to the receptionist and she's like, yeah, I got confused when I was filling out the forms and I was, I was filling them out for my friends, but I was filling them out for myself because that's what I'm used to filling out as forms, which I think yeah. is not actually as stupid as it comes across. Yeah. But she's got to play it the stupid. Yeah. But like, it's I. She doesn't have to even make herself that stupid. Like I think any. Like I think anyone could reasonably make this mistake. Like I was filling out forms for my daughter today. Cause and you wrote your name instead of hers. Yeah. I didn't, but like I kept being like about to because like yeah. I'm used to You're like always putting because ninety nine percent of the time that you fill yeah. out form, it's for yeah. Yourself. No, that's fair. Yeah. Um. Now she probably should have remembered before she turned in the forms. <laughs> like at some point she'd be like, oh right, Rachel. Um, but you know, whatever. So yeah, we go back over to Central Perk. Ross is telling Joey and Chandler about a dream he had where he's playing football with his son and they're like, oh, that's cute. And he's like, no, like with my son, he is the football. And they're like, oh, and they go on to say how he says that, uh, he was getting afraid because the Tampa Bay defense was coming straight at him. And Joey's like, yeah, but Tampa Bay sucks. What's the big deal? Um, how was Tampa Bay faring at this time in history? Um, so the Bucks traditionally sucked, yeah. but they get Tony Dungy and they sort of turn themselves around right around now. Right. That's like 96. Well, you know, so this is so 94, oh, well, okay, so 94, which is the season just ended in, in the world. They're six and 10 with Sam Weish, right? The 95, I guess they're, they're still seven and nine, still bad. And then 96, Tony Dungy comes in and then he turns them around 97. So yeah, we're still a few years away. They're still very bad. They still have the old uniforms and they're still very bad. Yeah. Yeah. So. He then goes on to continue the dream and explain that he would proceed to throw the baby down a field and wait for it to be caught until realizing that he is the only one on his own team to catch it. Mm-hmm. And everyone's looking at him to catch it. So he could ball. just do like the Bugs Bunny baseball thing where he plays right. all the positions. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so he's running and running and running to try to catch the baby football. And at that moment, he wakes up. And Chandler's like, Dude, you're getting really too worried about this. You are one of the most caring and responsible men in the entire North America. You're going to be a great father. And uh, that does seem to reassure him a little bit. Um, Joey is then comes in. He wants to – oh, you know, sorry. He's already there. But he's uh, he asks them now, do, do they think the Rainbow Room is a good place to take Ursula for her birthday? And um, Ross is like – well, what about Phoebe's birthday? And Joey's like, oh, but like, when is that? And like, it takes him way too long to realize that it's obviously the same day. And, you know, it's, it's, it does seem to start to dawn on him um, either, you know, because they're, they're making it obvious or because he's thinking about it more that he's being forced to make some sort of choice here that, you know, Phoebe and Ursula can't really coexist with him in the middle. Yes. And he, um, he thinks that Phoebe should be the one to understand that like he, you know, he's not going to give up this, what could be a great relationship with Ursula for a mere friend. And uh, Chandler's like, well, you better not try any shenanigans like this on my birthday or I'm throwing a hissy fit. Okay, so here's where our doctors come in. They're, we're in the... Um, and here's the double crossover that I did not see coming. 
Yes. So much um, like Dr- uh, Alan Iverson's double crossovers in Georgetown at this time. Doctor Mitchell, Doctor Rosen, George yeah. Clooney. Noah so, Wiley. You said, so, so what world is this? So, so in th- this world, is that these two people just happen to look like the actors on the show ER? The show ER doesn't exist in the world of friends. Th- th- these are just characters of the world of friends exclusively. And it's just a strange coincidence that they're also uh, uh, people who look the same on another show on TV. Because yeah. wasn't the blackout, wasn't that also in ER that week we discussed or no? No, it wasn't ER. Oh. It was It was Mad About You, Friends, and then this other show that yeah, because Seinfeld refused, and Seinfeld ER was in New York. It so was Mad Against the Living, or something. I don't even remember. It was it was yeah. some show that I never heard of before. Yeah, yeah. Um, and clearly not after. Um, so, so yeah, they're um, the girls are really um, making eyes at these doctors. Um, the guys seem to be making eyes at the girls for their, you know, you know, no one's seeing anything too bad. I think in either direction. So. We head back over to Ron, Rachel and Monica's apartment. What's the frequency, Kenneth? Playing in the background. And everyone's getting ready for Phoebe's surprise party. Um, Rachel's really excited about these two hot doctors that they scored dates with. And Monica's just like, she's really paranoid. She's just like, we got away with it. Like, let's move on. Like, we, need, we shouldn't have these doctors from the hospital where we committed insurance fraud remaining part of our lives it's like returning to the scene of the crime like this is a big mistake um and they hear a knock on the door everyone assumes it's phoebe but of course not it's ross they waste a good surprise on him and to make matters worse he smashes the cake um while they're you know fussing on cleaning over cleaning up the cake phoebe walks in and you know there's no real good surprise for her uh but she's still so excited that everybody's here all her loved ones in the same place Except, of course, for Joey, who is with the other Buffet yeah. twin. Do you notice who's here, even though he's never spoken on the show yet, yet he's invited to the party? Gunther. Yes. Yes, I did see Gunther very clearly in this one. Yeah. I also, I'm starting to realize, I think, perhaps that, um, first of all, they're probably just taunting Mr. Heckles at this point. Like, they're hosting a big party right after he <laughs> told them to make too much noise. Yeah. Um, Rachel, it's odd that Gunther is invited to this party, though, right? Yeah. Well. Probably, they probably just want, don't want to pre- use presumably they talk with, people, right? Presumably they talk with them off screen. We just haven't seen it. So it's not canon. Yeah, I think they um, just don't want to pay another actor. Yes. Oh, well, yeah, you're giving me more practical reason. Um, Rachel, I'm starting to suspect, might be an anti-dentite. <laughs> okay. Because she's absolutely obsessed with the fact that they're going to be dating doctors. But, like, she, her ex-fiance was a dentist. So I'm just saying, like, you know, uh, only an anti-dentite would think, yeah, but dentists and doctors completely, uh, completely, they, they should have be their own schools. Dating one is not comparable to dating the other, et cetera. You know what I mean? Like, you have to be an anti-dentite to be so impressed with dating doctors when you were previously engaged to a dentist, is my point. Yeah. 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 Um, and by the way, as someone who's married to a cute doctor, let me say, it's a <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. <laughs> just joking. Very underage. Okay. Yeah, I give Jen five pretties. Oh, she could be good, but it doesn't mean the doctor. It's because she's a doctor. Right? She could just be good because she's good. Yeah. No, she's good. Um, let's say good. Let's say good. So um, we see Ross going out with his dad. He wants to have a heart-to-heart with him and you know, kind of get, help him uh, get knocked back into shape about this whole fatherhood thing. And he asks him if he had any jitters before he became a dad. And his father's like, nah, I barely thought about it. I was too busy at work. This was like your mother's thing. Yeah. <laughs> 
Which um, yeah, it's definitely it's a, like why are you this like, generation? Do you think I was an absentee dad? Is like that what this is about? Like, do you want to go to Colonial Williamsburg? I know you always wanted to go to Colonial Williamsburg. Let's go. And Ross, Bob, is, do you want to go to Colonial Williamsburg? Definitely not. Okay. Um, <laughs> and you know, Ross is like, no, no, that's not what it's about. And like, he just like keeps pressing on him. He wants to like know, like you know, how do you know when you when you realize that like you know you could you could do this? And he shares that at the moment that like you know right after he was born. He was this ugly red thing and the nurse handed him over and as he was trying to hold Ross, little Ross squeezed his thumb, squeezed his finger with his whole fist. And that's when he first felt that connection. Very cute. Very cute. Um, Okay. So it's date night. We got Clooney and Wiley coming over to Aniston and Cox. They're here for a double date and they head on to the kitchen and Rachel's just like, there's no way this is going to work unless we come clean. Like it's gonna, it's just going to be a total mess. Let's just tell them what happened. They'll be fine. Uh, Monica refuses and Rachel calls her a wuss. Um, I feel like this probably was like typical of their relationship when they're in high school that Rachel was obviously, you know, in a faster crowd and Monica was probably scared of doing anything. For sure. Yes. I mean, we'll both know that because we'll see flashbacks. Yeah. 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 Um, and they're taught they get the doctors are talking across the living room and um i think noah wiley is the one who thinks that these girls might be crazy and clooney is like no i don't think they're crazy like look there's no pagan altars there's no piles of bones the bones are their money and they're probably normal so um Rachel, uh, you know, is still arguing back and forth with Monica, and Rachel has this line to Monica that she's becoming more and more like her mother every day, that how stubborn she's being, that she won't, uh, you know, go along with Rachel's plan. And, they, you know, they, they finally, you know, move across the, the, the room to, you know, talk to the doctors, and they start asking them very simple questions that become very difficult to answer when you're each trying to be the other person. And... You know, they ask them, how long have you lived here? And Rachel says six years, but Rachel recently moved in uh, because she selfishly left the man at the altar. Yes, <laughs> this this whole scene is one of it's just absolutely amazing. Yes, it, it's super great. With them pretending to be each other. Yeah. Um, and yeah. <laughs> then Monica's like, uh, sorry. And then Rachel tells her, the doctors that she, Monica, loves her job as a chef because it gives her the opportunity to boss people around a lot, which I love to do. And Monica is so overcome by laughter because she was just thinking to herself about how spoiled she is. Yeah. And Rachel shares that the fact that when she was in high school, she was fat as a cow. So this, this is This is uh, escalating very quickly. Yes. And um, suddenly they wish that they had bones as money, perhaps. Yeah. They are uh, accusing each other of bedwetting, using breasts to get people's attention, although admittedly they both do that. And the, the real clincher is when Rachel's dad calls and hands the phone to Monica, thinking that that's Rachel. And Monica uses the opportunity to tell her, by the way, I think this would be a good time to uh, let you know that when I was in freshman year of high school, I had sex with Billy Druskin <laughs> in your bed. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, as you said, uh, perfect scene. No notes. Um, yeah. Super awesome. Yeah. Having um, sex in your parents' bed is weird. Um, yeah, I would think so. So um, the next morning. Rachel is on the phone trying to calm her dad down. She's like, oh, yeah, why would I ever, you know, sleep with Billy Druskin? I forgot the reason why, you know, why he was obviously uh, no good. He's because, a no good because his dad tried to put her down. Oh, right, right, right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
Um, and they get a call from the hospital that there's an issue with the forms. And now they're like completely freaked out. Turns out that they forgot to sign one of the forms. And Rachel's like, you're right. This whole thing was a terrible idea. We're going to go to jail now. We're such idiots. Um, and then um, things are no better for Joey, who comes in very sad. He shares that Ursula has stood him up. He uh, you know, had planned this fancy birthday dinner for her. And he hasn't even heard from her. And uh, he's just like very sarcastically mocking him, like, uh, "Well, don't say any warn you." Um, but she does still; she does genuinely feel bad for him when he, he hears she hears that he's been trying to call her for two days and uh, no, nothing from Ursula. That's Ursula. Yeah. So Phoebe takes matters into her own hands. She goes over to Riffs to visit Ursula. Mm. Um, they exchange birthday gifts, and then she's like, "All right, what's going on with Joey?" And she's like, "Listen, Joey's a great guy, but it's over. It's not happening." Um, and you know, should I break up with him? I guess technically, but he's a smart guy. He'll figure it out. And, um, you know, they, um, they both tell each other that they haven't changed Phoebe because she doesn't eat chicken first of all, because she's a fucking bitch. Yeah. (laughs) So Monica and Rachel return to the scene of the crime. They get another set of forms. And Monica confesses that she was stupid enough to write the wrong name twice. She really is just that dumb. (laughs) Rachel pays a check to cover the services. And the receptionist reminds her that insurance will pay. But Rachel insists on the check, claiming that she too is not very smart. So (laughs) no one's very smart. Yeah. So now they're going to pay and also go to get busted for insurance fraud. Um, So yeah, back over at Monica and Rachel's, Ross and Chandler playing Scrabble. And um, we get we get a whole litany of Ross's worst fears about fatherhood, and we discover that Marcel has swallowed a Scrabble tile. So Ross and Chandler rush over to the hospital, and the receptionist yells at them. They're like, "Get this monkey out of here! This is impossible for people, not for monkeys." And which of all the ridiculous things that they've been told at hospitals so far in the show, this is a reasonable one. Yeah. yeah. Um. And they kind of like accidentally see that they're like, wait, what are you doing here Um, with Rachel and Monica? But um, Rachel, you know, Ross goes on this great, uh, you know, soliloquy about, you know, the the animal hospital is too far away. And Marcel is a person. He has a name. He watches Jeopardy. He touches himself. That's what people do. And, you know, George Clooney hears this in the background. He's like, you know what? I'll help. Yeah. Um, I hate to pull the, you know, married to a doctor here, but there is no way a doctor at a hospital would agree to see someone the hospital didn't want him seeing, such as a monkey. <laughs> it's like so stupid that the hospital just admits the monkey because Clooney's like, yeah, sure. What the hell? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I'll do that. I'll do, I'll do yeah. the monkey. It's quite no problem. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, um, but then, you know, everyone's confused again when um, he so, he calls out Rachel and both Monica and Rachel mm-hmm. turn around. Yeah. Um, okay, so back in Central Park, um, Joey Perk. Central Central Park, you're right. Yes. Um, Phoebe is uh, posing as Ursula, and she comes to break up with Joey so that way he can get the closure he deserves. And Joey has a lot of questions, <laughs> um, but you know Joey eventually asks, "Is the reason you're breaking up with me because of Phoebe?" And she says, "Yes." She, and she, I would say, somewhat deviously—not uh, even somewhat deviously—deviously, you know, uses this as a way to like test his friendship. Um, you know, not completely above board, but I guess uh, you know, desperate times call for desperate measures. 
and she asks Joey if he would agree to stop being friends with Phoebe if that would give her give him another chance with her Ursula. And Joey says no, he wouldn't. That's not a fair ask. And Phoebe tells him as Ursula, well, you're going to be tough to get over then. And yeah. And you know what? It's it's really nice that in the end uh Phoebe steps up for Joey as, as his friend going to talk to Ursula and then Joey steps up for Phoebe as as, uh, as her friend. Yeah. And they have they share a uh, a very passionate kiss. Um, which you know the laundromat was one thing. This is like the first kiss of the series, I would say, like a real kiss between the friends, other than um, Ross and Monica in every episode. But yeah, <laughs> this is like like this is like the first like I don't want to say like sexual, but like real like people who are in a you know giving like a real kiss. No, it's pretty sexual. Yeah, yeah, that we see in the show between the friends. Um, now it's not like real, real because of the circumstances, but still interesting. I would not have had that on my bingo card as Phoebe and Joey being the first one to like, you know, swap tongues. I did not remember that. Yeah. Yeah. They, um, you know, Phoebe sinks to the couch. She seems to have really been like, oh, wow. Kissing Joey was uh, kind of great. And <laughs> yeah. Joey walks away and this is where it finally clicks for him. And he calls out to Phoebe and she answers and, you know, they, they share a, a heartfelt smile that, um, you know, they both put their friendship with each other first, and uh, I think they're both better for it. Um, even if the, the you know the methods and how they both went about their business wasn't necessarily the best, it ends in a good place. Um, so yeah, we go we go over for the ends in um, in the hospital room, and everyone's at Marcel's bedside, um, and we think that he swallowed the K M N O, which Chandler theorizes that he was trying to spell monkey. Yeah, pretty smart monkey. <laughs> Um, but the doctor has given them, given him a clean bill of health. Everything is going to be fine. And Chandler assures Ross that, you know, the fact that, the, you know, we're, we're able to joke about this proves that you're ready to be a dad. Mm-hmm. And Ross is not quite convinced. But when Marcel wakes up and grabs Ross's finger in much the same way that Ross did to his father th- those many years ago, his face reveals that the emotional weight of the moments have settled in on him and he's ready to be a father in just a New York minute. (laughs) Yes. Um, And as you referenced earlier, we have our, I would say great post-credit scene. Oh, I forgot about this, but this is amazing. This might be, this might be the best one so far. Um, Oh, for sure. Yeah. We probably should should be ranking these. It's almost a Frasier-esque in that it's like a completely set, like just a independent set piece, like a, a unique idea that they never really do another time. But I really, really like it. Yeah. Um, all yeah. right. I'm gonna record somewhere on here that this is the the championship belt. Mm, yeah. For uh, yeah, the Spanish postcard. And we see ugly naked guy with a hula hoop. <laughs> yes. If, if my Spanish is correct. Yeah. Um, so yeah. yeah so, I mean, that's the ugly naked guy list. Oh yes, I think yeah, I think it does have to be added. Yeah. Yes. It's so this is what Spanish. still happens. Season one, episode seventeen. I don't, I don't even know how we're listing these. Um, it, they're list. listed as sixteen and seventeen. Yeah. So yeah. Um, activity hula hoop. <laughs> Good naked, bad naked. I say definitely bad. I mean, it's uh, gyrating. It's if it's an attractive person, it's good. I would say oh. good naked. Yeah. Yeah. You're like. You know, I don't know. You're like dancing, basically, right? Yeah, I guess we said dancing was good. I don't know. Gyrating though could be very bad. Um, all right, fine. We'll say good naked. Yeah, whatever. It's binary, right? It must be um, post credit scenes. Yeah. I don't know how we're gonna. We'll figure this out. But I'm just writing down season all right. episode 17 in here. Well, well, while we do that, I will tell you about my best friend, Av. Oh yeah, he's my. <sighs> he's my best friend. 
And yeah. um, uh, to me, it's it's a pretty obvious one. I think it has to be Monica. She gives up her identity for her friend. I mean, like that, the, the definition of a come with gal. She probably saves Rachel's life when she's dangling out there. So, yeah, Monica, come with gal, best friend, all of the above for me. Okay. Um, I'm going to go a little different. I'm going to go with Phoebe. I really like um, the way that she really, you know, manages the nuance of this whole, the whole Joey Ursula situation. Um, she's, she doesn't always handle it the best, but I think she's like, her heart is in the right place the whole time. She knows what Joey's stepping into. Um, she, you know, I think goes the real extra distance at the end to really, you know, make right by Joey what her sister was going to leave as a giant mess. And I think that she's the best friend for it. Ooh, okay. You're a fucking asshole. That's what you are. What about your fucking asshole? Um, my fucking asshole is Chandler. Um, it's mm. really his behavior in the first episode. The second episode, he doesn't do a whole bunch. Yeah. Um, he's mostly, you know, harmless, but he, you know, commits a series of violations ranging from, you know, sexual harassment to toxic work environment to, um, you know, spreading r- rumorous lies about someone that they, you know, are a psychopath and dangerous. Um, it's just like, you know, completely inexcusable behavior from beginning to end from Chandler. Yeah, it's hard to disagree with you there. Chandler is is definitely very bad. Joey also, I think, is just the way that he's so insensitive to Phoebe, at least in episode one, is really pretty reprehensible, although he rescues himself. And then, of course, we have Ursula, who is, you know, as we said, maybe a sociopath, just does not seem to care about other people's feelings at all. Um, I think Ursula is the biggest asshole in the episode, but sort of relative to the baseline for her character, she's not an asshole. It's just this is right. her default. She's always an asshole. And so... Yep. For that reason, I will go with you, uh, and I will say uh, Chandler as well, because yeah, what Chandler does is is quite awful, and probably could uh, end him, have him, you know, fired, imprisoned, who knows what else. Yeah, yeah, we love to compare all our future boyfriends to to Alan. So I think Alan <laughs> will become the yardstick against which all future boyfriends will be measured. George Clooney and Noah Wiley, I don't think either of these doctors, Doctor Rosen, and uh, you know, neither one sticks around long enough to really count as a boyfriend, but. Um, Agreed. But they might be above Alan. I mean, they're incredible, aren't they? Yeah, if they were boyfriends, I think they would be above Alan. But, yeah, right. The, yeah. The, dr- the dream of dating the doctor is that it's better than Alan. Yeah, I don't think they. I don't think they qualify for for boyfriend status though. Just yeah. going on on the one date. Mm. How many dates did? Uh, how many dates was she with Alan? Do we know? I don't know. It was, it was like for throughout. It was like a whole episode of. You know, yeah. they, this is a whole they, double they, episode. Been yeah. dating. Yeah. She. Uh, um, well, she, they only meet them in the second. She episode. sealed the deal with Alan. I don't know if uh, that happened. Um, I maybe like I don't know. I guess we yeah. should. Is it like any like it's not anyone that I guess is it anyone that you like that you sleep it's, with? It's is it anyone? Want it to be <laughs> I don't know how official any of these rankings. Are, well, we okay. need, but we should at least make something yeah. as between ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Or do we can just argue about it every week? That's not yeah, possible. fine. Yeah. Um, I think they don't qualify. I think you like we need more of a relationship. Um. Um, Nina, Nina, I think more qualifies. They, you know, at least, you know, it seems like they were, you know, going out a little bit. They, you know, certainly they're making out. Yeah. Well, um, Ursula, Ursula is yeah. definitely worse than that one. Oh yeah. Ursula is much worse for sure. Yeah. And Nina, at least the situation is much worse, but, um, yeah, it's not Nina's fault necessarily. Chandler's worse. Chandler's so bad that he makes the, the, the relationship much worse. Yeah. Not necessarily. Yeah. All right. Let's, uh, let's go have a dinner with steak and eggplants. All right. Why it's dinner for six, five steaks. And an eggplant for Phoebe. I'm going to give the eggplant to Chandler just for the same reason. Um, I don't think he does anything to redeem himself in the second episode. And he, he's the big standout yeah. here on the negative side of things. Um, I'm going to give two to Ross. 
Um, I mean, I guess I'm like looking for reasons to give Ross stakes because we've we've treated him so poorly until yeah. now. Um, and I, as I've said, like I, I'm not loving that like they just like keep going back to the well on the Ross uh, fatherhood storylines in season one of these like big emotional moments at the end. Like you know, the, each one is like fine on its own, but like I don't need five of these in the first 15 episodes. It's it's a bit much. Um, so fine, but we'll give two to Ross. Um, we'll give um, we'll give one to Phoebe, as I said for before. Same same reason why she's the best friend. And then um, I'm just going to give one each to Rachel and Monica as well, because I think that their, you know, their storyline was hilarious. Uh, definitely the highlight is the scene where they one up each other, you know, revealing information about the other. Um, so, you know, they, I think, bring the most comedy in the episode. So they each get some stake for that. So wash yeah, it all I'm, down. I'm pretty similar to you. I, I also will give Ross uh, a stake for learning how to be a dad. You know, maybe a little boring, but whatever. Um Chandler, uh, just like you, got to give him the eggplant. Gaslighting his employee, not great. Uh, Rachel, just like, uh, you know, steak for impersonating Monica. I really think that's funny. Monica, steak for impersonating Rachel. I also say Monica's steak should be slightly bigger than Rachel's steak <laughs> because uh, she clinches the battle with the Billy Dreskin line. That's pretty good. Right. Um, uh, Joey, he um, he sleeps with Ursula and then he French kisses Phoebe. So he gets twins in like back to back days. Like, I'm sorry, sure. that's two stakes. Okay. Two like, stakes, fair. <laughs> that's a, that's like a, that's a fantasy for many people. Yeah. I hear um, yeah. So um, yeah, just tremendous job by Joey. Two stakes for him. Um, and Phoebe, I guess that leaves her with nothing. I mean, I do appreciate the way she reaches out to Ursula for Joey. That's sweet. But like, you need to work it out with your sister. You know, you know, you, you uh, it's it's not good to go through life with that, even if your sister is a pretty bad person. So yeah, not nothing yeah. for Phoebe. Okay. And I think uh, it's pretty late, but uh, should we run through the postman now? All right. Postman! Postman! Come here! here Tell the neighborhood! I guess there was some screw-up at the damn post office. <laughs> Tell me about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the U.S. post office? No, more like U.S. lost office. <laughs> what are they, Irish? Hashanda! Maybe you should have given me some candy. You're a lousy Jew! First up is Amir Bednarsh, who says there was a lot to like in this two-parter, particularly Ursula's story and the Monica Rachel scene, pretending to be each other in the apartment, hurling insults back and forth. Great writing and delivery, but it takes a serious hit for the Marcel storyline, which always kind of sucks. And the part one Chandler story, which is a total mess. Let's count the ways. He dates an employee who works for him. He makes yeah. out with her at the office. Yeah. He doesn't fire her because of that relationship. He makes up a story that she has psychological suicidal issues. He then tells the whole office about her mental health. Fake mental health, we should say. She assaults him. No matter how much his boss wanted him back, he'd obviously immediately get fired, and the company would have a tremendous lawsuit on its hands. I give it a 3.6. A few notes. Joey is such an ass on this episode. Phoebe tells him that she hasn't spoken to her twin sister in years, partially because everyone always thought she was the pretty one, and then Joey can't get over how hot she is. Whatever is happening with their relationship, I have a hard time believing that Rachel's dad wouldn't make sure she has health insurance, at the very least. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, when Monica... Wants to fix the cake. Rock Moss, Ross mockingly responds to Monica that we'll just use our special cake tools. She's a professional chef. Is it such a stretch that she'd have basic baking equipment? <laughs> um, okay. Um, Elizabeth Berry didn't write in the postman, but she did say in the uh, WhatsApp group that her best friend is Marcel. Mm. Oh, so the anti-Amir position here. Yeah. Okay. Zach Louis says, hey, Alex and Av, it's a bit short on time. That's fine. So this will be brief. Excellent. <laughs> I wanted to make sure I wrote in for this week because I think the two-part episode is my favorite Friends episode yet. I'm enjoying Ooh. the show more than I expected to. I also want to say well done to Elizabeth for her great guest appearance. Um, yes, agreed. No, Elizabeth yes. was great. Um, we're actually going to have another guest next week. Oh. Um, so that should be exciting. Um, Big shoes to fill. 
someone who is, um, as far as I know, no history with uh, this podcast. Um, definitely not as a guest, maybe not even as a listener. Um, so okay. that should be fun. Um, and um, yeah, more and more guests hopefully to come. Send them our way. 4.4 moot points. Best friend is Joey. Choosing his friend over a woman he really liked. It's pure best friend material. Fucking asshole is the healthcare system. Two stakes to Joey for putting his friendship with Phoebe over Ursula. One to Phoebe for caring for Joey even when she's upset with him. One to Ross for beginning to feel like a father. And one to Rachel for using her breasts to get people's attention. Wish I could give some more in-depth thoughts about these episodes because it really was hilarious. God bless the chickpea. Okay, we go to Beat Rose, the aforementioned resting oh, in peace. Yeah, It is nice with the longer format to have more possible storylines, but I see the advantage is keeping things to just a couple storylines an episode. I'm not really sure we needed Marcel putting the TV on SAP. We've established that Joey is consistent with his thoughts. Oh, but then we wouldn't have that great uh, final closing. Yeah, that's true. It was all worth it for that. I ate it. Um, for his stakes, one each for Rachel and Monica for their insurance scheme, also a cheap and valuable lesson for Rachel to get insurance, two for Ross for having meaningful realization about fatherhood, one to Phoebe for having a rough two episodes but still helping Joey out in the end, and the eggplant to Chandler for very prob- problematic behavior in the first episode, as <laughs> yes. they've highlighted. Yeah. The best friend is Jack Geller, a great story about feeling like a father to <laughs> Ross, also showed himself to be a Seinfeld fan by using George's pesto bit but changing it to sun-dried tomatoes. <laughs> yeah, true. 3.6 moves. Um, beat with then... By the way, pesto and sun-dried tomatoes often go together. Yeah. Um, beat would then um, write in hours later right before we got on air to say, I hereby redact my previous postman as I'm not allowed to communicate with either of you. Yeah. Uh, you're allowed to communicate with us, just not about the, the specific game. Yes, you can still so, write into the postman. Absolutely. Yes. Um, okay. Jim Crumley. Jim Crumley, the man who handed out that idol that mm-hmm. proved to be so consequential. Yeah. Well, it's inconsequential, actually. Um, Although I, 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 love suppose, what the, uh, right? I love what Tim Liu did with it. Did you, did you did you see the physical idol? Yes, 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 yes. I yeah, saw it. In, yeah. I saw it in the. Yeah, he printed out the WhatsApp message, and then he got, <laughs> got beads and the whole thing. Yeah, yes, yes, listen, right, a, yeah. a real idol has both the has the beads and also always has the the parchment. So yes, I would say everyone is taking this league the, the correct amount of serious. Yes, which is much. <laughs> I tr- I tried to get Jen to watch tonight's tribal because it was so wild, but Jen doesn't even watch Survivor. Right. So like. All right. First of all, she's not interested in anything I do. That's like, yeah. I told I told my wife about it, and she was very, she thought it was crazy. But, but she, your wife she at least had, watches Survivor. Yeah, she watches she, the show. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So she's like, yeah, so like she, she like understood what Shadow of the Dark is. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, a million steps in front of yes, Yeah, yeah. yeah. Jed thinks Survivor is a show where you have to go like live in the wilderness. Yeah. Well, yeah. it used to be. Yeah. Um, okay, so Jim Crumley says it is fun to be thrown back into a mid-90s crossover event. We agree. The second half was stronger than the first, but they were both good. The star power of the part one guests, Fran and Jamie from Mad About You, don't hold a candle to the New York alternate universe versions of Dr. Ross and Dr. Carter. 3.5 moves for part one, 3.9 for part two. Um, I'm just going to go and average those together and put them in the spreadsheet as a 3.7, Jim. Um Come with Guy. Dr. Mitchell is not as iconic as Dr. Ross from ER or maybe even Ace from ER, but he carried the scenes that he was in. Oh, East Lashar. Yes, there was a different ER from earlier. And yes, I think George Clooney was in that too. I think that's what Jim is referencing. Um, but he carried the scenes that he was in. I was I was also putting a vote in for George Clooney in winter 1995 being more famous than Tom Selleck. Oh, ER wow. is the number two show on TV, soon to be number one. And Clooney is the breakout star already lining up movie roles. But he didn't have any of those movie roles yet. 
Yeah. And Selleck I... already had like this huge show from 80 to 88 and was the star of it. I mean, Clooney was the breakout of an anthology, like of a, you know, of a, of a very large cast. Yeah. I think Hawk we're Selleck just like a little bit that. early on Clooney. That's, that's my yeah. take. Yeah. Um, a fucking asshole is. But, but, but Jim, I appreciate the take because he usually stands for the, uh, you know, for uh, Danson slash Clooney. Yes, uh, yes, he he's Selleck. usually like you guys are underrating how famous yeah. Ted Danson was in, in, like, in, the, in, in the 80s and 90s. Yeah. Um, but here we're not going against Ted Danson. We're going against Tom Selleck. That's a lower bar. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, feel free. You know, let's let's debate this in the chat. I think this is an interesting one. I'm sure people will uh, have be on both sides of this one if I had to guess. Um, okay, fucking asshole is Ursula. Not only is she a worse waitress than Rachel, she's meant to. She's mean to our boy Joey, who is uncharacteristically, uncharacteristically romantic here. Um, steak and his eggplant. Eggplant goes to Joey. He should have not known. To, he should have known not to date Ursula. It's creepy. Ross gets a steak for being a good father to a monkey and for talking to his father about being a dad. One to Phoebe for trying to support Joey and fix things up with Ursula. One to Monica for dating a hot doctor and being willing to commit fraud for a friend. And one to Rachel for dating a hot doctor and finally fessing up on the fraud. Zach Brooks says, I'd love to know if Phoebe's twin sister was a surprise to Alex. I like the thematic through line of all the twins and pairs in the one with the two parts. Does he say Alex me or Alex Orbitz? Um, Alex Orbitz. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I obviously remember. Her, so yeah. I just, Phoebe. I the, yes. Uh, the, yes. The total crossover episode. Phoebe was really funny when Helen Hunt and the other woman showed up to Central Park. Steak for her. But did you notice that she was reading some weird coffee table book or something? I did not. Mm. Part two. Look at how many problems the American insurance industry causes. Ross dropping the cake made me laugh out loud. The Rachel Monica switcheroo stuff was really funny. Eggplant for George Clooney for answering Monica's phone. Who the hell does that? Steak for Ross's dad. Steak for Phoebe. Four moves. Okay. And finally, we go to Olin Allen. Who says, was it just me or did Ursula and Phoebe look significantly different? <laughs> no, uh, just you, I think. Seems to be a sharper tidying and focus on Ursula's face. That's the same person. No, um, I mean, I, I think that they were they were portrayed to look like it was supposed to be clear when we were watching which was which. who's who. Yes, yeah. but their face was the same. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like the makeup was a little bit different. He thinks yeah. um, Ursula's face was thinner and more angular, while Phoebe's lighting was probably blurrier and made her face seem a little more plump. Okay, perhaps. Though this did change after Joey kissed her. Or have I just been going a little over the top on focusing in on anything Lisa Kudrow for the past 30 years? Nice to see Gunther and the other waitress milling around at Phoebe's birthday party, at least. Too bad we didn't get Anthony Edwards in this episode. Goose! Um, yeah, that's true. He was the other uh, ER doctor. Yeah, and. And. Um, guessing Clooney and Wiley were about similar fame levels at this particular time. Wiley would have a bit more of a supporting cast actor in some big movies at this time, while Clooney didn't branch out from ER until one fine day in 1996. Helen Hunt's film career probably peaked a couple years after this episode, too. He gives the episode 3.2. For his stakes, one to Monica for offering Rachel an opportunity to commit insurance fraud, one to Chandler for being a good lookout for both Ross and Phoebe, one to Phoebe for, despite getting backstabbed, looks out for Joey when her twin stands her up, him up, and Tudor Ross for stepping up big time for Marcel. The eggplant goes to Joey for his treatment of Phoebe. The best friend is Marcel. Olin and Elizabeth on the same page. Sometimes in a group, you just need someone firm and decisive to take control of what you should be watching and preparing his owner for fatherhood. The fucking asshole is Carol, maybe getting revenge on Susan for deserting their Valentine's Day by leaving her stuck with Ross for the maternity class. <laughs> Very good. Okay, shall we discuss mood points ourselves? Sure. This is all a mood point. Huh. A moo point? Yeah, it's moo. 
I really like this episode. I'm going to give it 4.8 moves. I just think uh, there's so much it does well. I didn't even remember that, you know, we had all these huge guest stars coming. I, I love the, um, the the Rachel Monica thing. Uh, I, I love I love Ursula. I, anytime we can get Ursula, I think it, it's funny the way that they do Phoebe and Ursula. And I, I think they're also very proud of themselves, sort of their uh, their editing capabilities in their, yeah. uh, uh, you know, circa 1995 um, for a TV show that, you know, doesn't have, you know, a huge Hollywood budget or whatever. Um, so I, I'm definitely pro for all those reasons. I'm a little bit surprised the internet doesn't love this episode so much. Like the the overall rankings, um, like the internet's rankings, not that high. They have this episode 109th overall. Oh, wow. um, Variety ranks this as the number two episode of all part, maybe two of all time, maybe two because uh, two parts. But other than that, there's nobody who has it even in the top hundred. So, um, yeah. What about you, Alf? Yeah, um, I'm I'm a little bit lower than you on it. I, I liked it a lot as well. Um, but I think my my grading scale has been a little bit. Sh- lower than yours in general mm-hmm. um i you we've kind of, we've kind of flips a little bit from you it, it was the opposite of curb well and um, all of the shows the previous shows yeah it could be surprising um yeah. so yeah I'm even though like, you're the bigger friends fan than me i think um yeah so maybe i'm more kind of uh thinking that better stuff is still to come so i'm kind of i want to leave that you're like uh, 4.5 yeah. and up as for the class episodes but maybe i'll end up uh regretting that but uh for now i'm gonna say um, I give this 4.3 moves. Um, that makes it my second rated episode after the blackout, which I had it at 4.4. Um, this is your third rate episode behind um, blackout at number two and the stone guy from last week at number one. And the audience, they collectively gave this episode a 3.75, which is the number one's audience score for an episode just beating the blackout at 3.74. Wow. So that's wild. So number one from the audience, number three from you, number two from me. Its average score is a 4.28, which puts it 0.01 ahead of the stone guy, but 0.05 behind the blackout. It slides in as the number two overall episode for now. Hmm, nice. And um, I guess it's, uh, you know, when you have two chances at the Apple, you have a better chance to uh, end up up top. So kudos to the one with two parts. Okay. Don't you hate to be continued on TV? I mean, the whole reason you watch a TV show is because it ends. If I wanted a long, boring story with no point to it, I have my life. (laughs) Next week, we have the one with all the poker, which is an episode I remember. I'm sure we're going to have a lot to say about the way that they play poker. (laughs) <laughs> First of all, they're yeah, definitely but, not going to play hold them. They're going to be playing five card draw or whatever, right? Yeah, um, yeah, they're they're not going to be playing very. Yeah, it's not going to make a lot of sense. I would guess. Yeah, but uh, we'll all see. Right. All right, Al, uh, have a good night. Yeah, all right, all right, right. right. Get a life, Jews.